This is Dawn Schuler, Certified Trainer and Business Consultant at the Schuler Group with the When People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. Today, I am very happy to have as a guest on my show, Catherine McCord, who is the founder of Titan Management, a premier national talent acquisition and consulting organization. One of the reasons I wanted to bring Catherine onto the show is she is hot and heavy into the DEI space, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Specifically, and this is why I wanted her on the show, the neurodiversity piece of that. And so Catherine, thank you so much for being on the show. And I am very excited to explore this topic of neurodiversity with you. Thank you so much for having me. And I've never had someone in my introduction use the words hot and heavy. And now I'm going to insist that everyone do that from now on <laughs> in reference to my involvement in neurodiversity. That's that's my new favorite terminology. So thank you. You are thank quite you welcome. for that. <laughs> Anytime. So I'm sorry, I was gonna say like everybody's first question is what is neurodiversity? Exactly. Right. That's right. Exactly yeah, you're not yeah. Like that's just like the first, that's the first thing that everybody always wants to know is what is neurodiversity. So actually it's exactly what it sounds like when you kind of break it down. So neuro is with the mind, right? And diversity, we obviously know what that means. It's you know, var- it's variances. And so it's a variance in how the brain processes information. Now, originally the term was coined by Judy Singer, who is a sociologist out of Australia very cool lady who is herself neurodiverse. Uh, She is on the autism spectrum and she coined the term to put a more positive light instead of saying disability or something like that, uh, neurodiversity, because it's actually not a disability to have a a neurodivergence or neurodiversity. So um, and neurodiversities can encompass everything from ADHD to autism spectrum, to bipolar disorder, some forms of epilepsy, uh, TBIs, uh, traumatic brain injuries, actually cause neurodiversities. And they can be challenging sometimes, but they're not a deficit by definition, if that makes sense. It does. It makes perfect sense. Thank you. So I'm trying to gather my thoughts here because there's so much coming to my head. And I... I like the fact, I love the fact that you say, instead of looking at it as a disability, look at it as a form of diversity. There are so many forms of diversity. Right. And, and thank you for, for that short list. I mean, I'm sure it's a longer list than, than what you gave. And there's this. Oh, gosh, yes. (laughs) Oh, gosh, yes. um, You know, the Asperger's spectrum, for example, somebody can be anywhere on that. And that's a form, you know, that's only one. It's the same thing. Um, You have dyspraxia, dyslexia, all kinds of things. And, and what people miss is that, yes, there are challenges with those conditions, but there's also inherent blessings that actually come with them. For instance, um, it's been proven that people with dyslexia are inherently more creative and non-linear thinkers. So they're fantastic for jobs with those types of things involved. Folks on the autism spectrum have a wide variety of what I call the superpowers of neurodiversity. So anything from hyper analytic abilities to um, extreme ability to focus to, and and see details that other people don't see. Um, they are hyper speed learners a lot of times. And once it's in there, it ain't coming back out kind of a thing. Um, so, and it's, and again, it's 
different for everybody on the spectrum, right? How, how it manifests, but there are always these positive aspects. Um, for instance, I have one, one of my several neurodiversities is that I have been diagnosed with bipolar one. And the positive to that is that during my manic phases, you've never seen anything like me. I work like a superwoman. I go 90 million to nothing, <laughs> you know, and, and it's all accurate, by the way. It's not like I'm speeding through and making mistakes. So there really are blessings to these neurodiversities. So you already went into the next question I was going to ask, which is what are the advantages to having neurodiverse people on your team? And you gave some of those examples. Can you give specific, because I'm sure that there are people listening from all sorts of industries, whether it's service or retail or manufacturing, whatever the the case may be. And I know they're thinking this won't work in my organization. And I want to delve into that in a little bit. But first, can you go back to some of those things are more creative, they see things in a different way. Can you give some tactile, tangible examples? That's a good question. You know, it's funny. Nobody ever asks that. I like that. Um, <laughs> so it's a very specific example. So I went, as, as you know, because you know me, I developed a, a proprietary applicant tracking system that's very much designed um, with inclusion in mind and to fire the resume because resumes stink. And so, <laughs> um, so I, I started out to do that and I was having kind of these, these, um, kind of feedback sessions with people, you know, from the HR and related industries and DEI space, and which is diversity, equity, and inclusion for somebody who does not know. And one of the people I invited is a man who has autism, who is a black man from England. So out of my country, out of, you know, <laughs> different gender, different race, and, and different neurodiversity. So I brought him in and the idea was, I said, hey, when we're done, just send me the bullet points of what you think. Mervin did not do that. <laughs> Mervin sent me a graph, multiple graphs, a spreadsheet, and a wonderful product idea for a direction that our product could go that was something we had not even thought of. And so instead of a few bullet points, okay, this is what I think whole other presentation, whole other line of thought, because his brain works completely differently than other people's. And it was, a completely different presentation of information that you would even think of receiving as feedback. It was so detailed and there was research behind it. And there was, it was so much more in depth than what you would have thought. So that's, and I actually, by the way, brought him on, gave him equity and made him a stakeholder at the company for that little, little tidbit. Um, another wonderful example is sales folks um, who have ADHD. They actually also recruiters with ADHD tend to do very well as well. Um, there tends to be because of their energy, their ability to kind of perceive things in a slightly different way. A lot of times folks um, with those conditions can actually read people a little bit better. Uh, they actually have a little bit more human perception. And so it's very tangible from the standpoint of they're better at selling. You'll see those numbers go up things like that. Um, but also, you know, you, you talked about that some people are afraid to have neurodiversity or they, they don't think it's applicable. And what I say is then you must assume that none of your customers are neurodiverse. And by the way, neurodiverse folks make up a third of the population, just shy of 30%. So it's almost a third of the population is neurodiverse. So somewhere out there, your customers are neurodiverse. 
and you want to be able to give them a voice in your company too. Boy, that's a point that I never thought of. And I feel silly for not having thought of that. The fact that employees are, well, okay, I know this part, employees are people too, but the fact that the population and the customers also fit into those spectrums and right okay so one of the questions I was going to ask and I'm, I'm just probably going to jump all around because I'm going to follow this do track it and then I'll jump back to another track and <laughs> you know, whatever <laughs> is what one of the things I was going to say is I can imagine that somebody needing to hire in an organization is going to say oh but you know that won't work for us because we need people who can fill in the blank um, that they're good people, people, you know, they're, they're, they're a people person that they can communicate well with the customers that they can understand the customers. Well, now you just kind of blew that question out of the water by saying, gee, Mr. Employer, have you thought about the fact that a third of the population, a third of your customers have some of these issues? So can you say a little bit more about that? In, you know, sure. in response to Mr. Employer saying, <laughs> oh, that won't work for my organization. And, and you know, it is, um, it is very common that people try to kind of uh, pigeonhole the, a particular position. You know, they, they have an idea of what it looks like. So the first thing that I coach people to do is to stop picturing the candidate, right? Stop, stop doing that. Just say, this is what we need them to be able to do how, you know, let's just find somebody who could do that. I know someone who is very close to me, who is on the autism spectrum, who's one of the best customer service people you've ever seen in your life. And you'd never think that you would never think that, but can solve because of, of how he hears data when it's presented to him, how he hears what they're actually saying versus the yak, yak, yak coming out of their mouth. He actually is better at servicing them than the average person. Um, and has always had superb customer service ratings, just out of this world. Um, I have a very good friend who is dyslexic or has dyslexia, whatever terminology you prefer to use. And, and he is, uh, he's very good at communicating in an out of the box way. So like he can communicate to executives in the way that they need to be communicated to and the salespeople, the way that they can. And the IT people the way that they can. And because he thinks in a, what's called a, a non-linear fashion, so, you know, not just one, one direction, he can communicate with all the different teams and it makes him a highly effective product manager. So, you know, a lot of people think they put limitations and they project their limitations onto somebody else, right? And it's the same thing, even with physical differences, they project limitations. I think you can't do this. So I'm going to put that limitation on you. And what I tell people is don't stop that. <laughs> people could do a lot of things that you don't think that they could do. People could do a lot of things that, um, that would shock you, actually, if you just really step back and let them do it. And uh, Hewlett Packard put it into practice best, I think. They, they, there's several other large co corporations, but they actually made like a whole study out of their program. And they have a neurodiversity, not only hiring program, but cultivation program. So they give whatever tools the person asks for, whatever will help them to work comfortably, right? Because, you know, if you read articles like in Psychology Today, they'll talk about how the human mind is more productive when it's allowed to function in a way that's natural to it. So if an ADHD person wants to bounce up and down on a ball, they let them. If a person wants noise canceling headphones, 
due to sensory concerns. They let them have it. And what they found is those teams are 30% more productive than their counterpart teams. This is just awesome stuff. Um, it goes back to this, where we are now in the world. And this is uh, an article that I've recently written about the fact that organizations need to focus more on their people and see their people as humans. And this idea of let them, not just let them, but we'll, we'll go with that. Let them work, perform in the way that's most natural to them. And you're going to right. see a higher production, higher performance. And they're going right. to thrive in that way. They're going to, and when, when people thrive, companies thrive. There's a reason why. Yeah. This podcast <laughs> series. Um, and it's just, I love the fact that there are organizations out there who who are really making strides to to do better in this area and the other thing that what you said speaks to is my belief coming from being a certified strengths performance trainer and consultant using the Gallup strengths finders tool is that philosophy of focus on your strengths don't try to beef up your weaknesses because you're never going to get your weaknesses up to that to that scale. And so one of the things I do with our clients is helping them figure out using the Clifton StrengthsFinders tool, what are those top strengths? How does your team, you know, what are all those strengths? Uh, what do you want to say? Display, not displayed, but parsed out to your team members, where are the gaps? That's obviously just going to take into account Gallup's 34 strengths. I can see, and tell me if I'm wrong, that a, or an organization could say, hey, we have these gaps. Is there someone who has, who is neurodiverse that could fill those gaps? It's true. Yeah, you absolutely could. Um, and I want to say too, because I'm, I'm never a supporter of tokenism. So I want to throw that out there. I never support hiring a diversity just to hire a diversity. But to your point, if you have a specific gap and you think to yourself, Hey, it's just like, you know, you might say, hey, an inter a person from another country might have this knowledge that we wouldn't have, or um, a person of a different um, socioeconomic background might have this knowledge that we don't have. Um, it's the same kind of thing with neurodiversity, right? They, this person might have a way to process information like Mervin did. I would... I didn't even know that I needed to think about these things. And then here his, his mind goes off on this beautiful, wonderful tangent, you know, and, and it really kind of took our product to a whole other level. And I'm eternally grateful to him for that. And, and so, yeah, you know, looking at it and going, you know what, or, or if, even if you just have that feeling like something's something could be better, something could be different. It is, that is exactly when you want to get a neurodiverse person in there to, to come and, and kind of take a look at things and you will be mind blown <laughs> how that goes and supporting them and working the way that they need to work will allow them to do that even better. And I appreciate what you said, Catherine, too, about not just hiring to hire and check the box. Hey, look at us. We've done right. this. And that being said, I've got two parts to this next question. One is, I'm sure there most organizations are not as far along as Hewlett Packard, and so they need some education. Hey, did you ever think about this? 
And two, all right, how do they do it? How do they decide to hire not just specifically neurodiverse people, but making sure that their hiring practices don't exclude neurodiverse people? That's a great question. So it's, um, and, and first of all, yeah, the education part can be complicated because there's not a lot of good how-tos out there. Let me be real specific. There are some how-tos, but most of them are so blase and just, just ridiculously bland. Um, but for the hiring piece of it, it's actually a lot more simple than people think it would be. So the first thing that you want to do is make sure that you're not putting anything in your job descriptions that is that, that tells them that there is a roadblock. So, um, for instance, for instance, don't say things about what type of personality you expect. Now you could say, you know, you need to have good communication skills. That's a skill. (laughs) That's not a personality trait, but make sure that you're not, you know, specifying a type of personality trait because that will tell them, oh, you already know what you're looking for. There's no point in me even going here. Um, Make sure that your application process is not neurodiverse aversion. Um, Yeah, I think I said that right. (laughs) But make sure that it's not adverse to to the neurodiverse community. So make sure that it's simple, streamlined, and that there's no confusing aspects. So, and when I say confusing, um, you can ask an open-ended question and that will cause a person with anxiety disorders, ADHD, dyslexia to, to get stuck because they're going, what are they really looking for? And they get over analytical, right? Which you kind of want down the road, but in your application process, it'll get them stuck. And then they just get frustrated and they quit. Um, No long application processes. That's ridiculous that they shouldn't happen in any way. Um, Avoid personality tests like the plague. So what I tell people is if you like personality tests, do them after the person is hired. Um, That can be interesting feedback, right? For how to communicate with them, things like that. But don't do a personality, a skill assessment is fine, um, but be very wary of personality assessments during the hire process because that can actually cause exclusion. Uh, But even more importantly is one of the things that I preach on a very regular basis is, and this applies to other groups as well, but certainly for the neurodiverse community, is make accommodations standard options. Just make them standard options. Just say, hey, is there any equipment? that you would like you to have handy for, for the interview that we could have for you? Is there anything you'll be using that we, you know, could download or anything like that to, to be ready? Um, and, and, and say, you know, Hey, what's your interview preference? What's your interview style preference? Do you want to be on camera? Do you want to be on, do it over phone? Do you need speech to text and just, and just make it an option. Just say, Hey, here are all the interview options that we have please select. And when it comes to equipment, offer things like note-taking apps, speech to text, um, you know, that no contact interviews are very important to to offer. So no handshakes, things like that. Right. And we all kind of got used to that during COVID. I feel like that could be kind of a natural progression at this point. Um, But make it, make it just so that everybody's comfortable and then train your staff to not care about things that actually don't matter at all. Like eye contact. You don't, you don't need eye contact in an interview. And let me give you a hint, unless it's, there are maybe a few positions where that would not be true that I can think of, but for 99.5% of positions out there, eye contact does not matter. 
So shy away from that, um, shy away from expecting norms. You know, if somebody wants to use a fidget spinner, let them, it actually helps their brain focus and they'll be able to respond to you better. So just make those accommodations standard options. That's the biggest thing out there. It's interesting because you, again, answered the question I was going to ask before I could ask it about, you know, you're talking about the interview process and then, I mean, the application process and I immediately went to, (laughs) well, what about the interview? And so great job answering that question. Um, So I feel like you've opened up a world for, for me, certainly, and hopefully for our listeners, because until I really saw you being so so vocal about it on LinkedIn and other areas. I had not heard that term. So I thank you for, for helping me be more open-minded. And you're most welcome. My thinking is there's a long road ahead. I mean, there's there's so much in the DEI world and there are so many forms of diversity. I'll tell you a story because it's still, I'm still shocked by it. One of my clients was doing some prospecting and the person emailed him back and said, I won't work with you because you have no black people on your leadership team. Cause he went to the website mm-hmm. and looked at the, at the, at the website. And he said, I only want to work with organizations who are diverse. And I immediately went to, do you realize how many forms of diversity there are? There is is (laughs) sexual preference. There is heredity. How do you know someone doesn't have some Native American in them that's on the leadership team? There is neurodiversity. There is gender identity. (laughs) Socioeconomic. Yeah. (laughs) It's like you, you took one little piece, one piece, and said that's being diverse or it's not being diverse. And one of the things that, I like about what you're doing is you're expanding that definition more and more and more. Diversity is so many things. And yes, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate what makes each of us unique and let us educate about that uniqueness can show up in so many different forms. It's not just Dawn likes dragons and Catherine likes Florida. That's not diverse. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's not. No. I mean, there's a lot no, more. No, it's not. <laughs> and so I appreciate the fact that you're expanding that awareness, definition, explanation more and more and more for people. And thank you. And and it's um. And I do want to say I want to give, I want to give space for what that person was expressing though. So there. First of all, if you want to do business with a particular group to which you belong, great. But I know women that will only work with other women businesses. I know, you know, and it's just their personal preference. It's not that they're offended by somebody else. That's just what they want to do. So if you want to do that, great. Um, Also, I think it's good to call companies out that should have diversity that don't. So if you're a company based in the middle of Montana or Wisconsin and you have everybody on site, you're probably going to have a lot of white people. Like, let's just throw that out there. Like, that's probably that's probably going to be the majority of your staff, okay? But if you're a remote company where everybody is remote and you are 200-something strong and you have 10 people in leadership and not one of them 
is a black person, I might, or, or at least a minority of some sort, racially speaking, I would definitely raise an eyebrow to that. <laughs> I gotta say like that would, that would kind of, I'd kind of be like, hmm. But again, to your point, you know, it, there are other races too. So I mean, just, but there should be diversity and in the leadership and executive leadership as well. But you do have to expand, you know, so one thing I've encouraged some clients to do, and, and maybe this is something that your client could do is to have the executives talk about their different types of diversities as, and to go, Hey, so I'm neurodiverse and I'm gender diverse, or I'm LBGTQIA and I'm socioeconomically, I came from a socioeconomic, uh, uh, disadvantaged background, you know, and those kinds of things. And that can be something else that really reaches out to people because there is a misconception right now that diversity means race. Like, oh, we hired, oh, and my all-time favorite is, oh, we hired a black woman. We win at diversity. <sighs> I mean, please just hire black women. Black women are amazing. But <laughs> why is that? But again, tokenism don't do it. It's not a win for anybody. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. Catherine, I have so enjoyed our conversation and I, I know we could go on and on and on and I want to be respectful of your time. And I'm sure that people who are listening want to learn more. So tell our listeners where they can find out more about you. Sure. Sure. So Reach out to me on LinkedIn, Catherine McCord. I'm sure she'll put the spelling of my name on, on any links or anything like that. Um, I am one of the only Catherine McCords in the United States. I am very easy to find, especially with my spelling. Um, you can also find me on my, my website, uh, titanmanagementusa.com, or check me out on Career Launch Live Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. All right. Catherine, thank you again. And as she said, there's so much that she has to offer, especially LinkedIn. She writes amazing articles and posts. She has her career launch live on Fridays at 10 a.m. at link on LinkedIn. And yes, definitely visit her website and learn about the new software platform that she has that helps you hire more equitably, let us say. So definitely check her out. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may you thrive. Mm -hmm.